welcome to the FNN Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Casey. Last time we talked about Fairly Odd Parents and its development over the years. We also sent out a Twitter poll, and you guys decided that Chloe was not a good addition to the Fairly Odd Parent. Yeah, we got about 12 votes in our poll, and I think it was, what, like three, three out of four? Around three out of four people, yes. So pretty resounding no on that, which was interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm also along with the side that I don't really think Chloe was a great addition to the show, but I understand she's not the worst thing I've ever seen in my life either. That's pretty much how I feel too, though I would be in the no, in the no camp if I had to choose. Yeah, same. So uh, make sure to check out the end of this episode for our next Twitter poll, and we always love seeing your guys' responses to those. This week, we're talking about the original three Nicktoons, Doug, Rugrats, and The Ren and Stimpy Show. All three premiered on August 11th, 1991. As you'll see, these are three very different shows. We'll be discussing some of their best episodes in this podcast. Got a great show in store for you guys this week. Let's get started. Our first episode of this week is from the show Doug. Doug follows the adventures of the title character Doug Funny, that's F-U-N-N-I-E, an 11 and a half year old trying his best to deal with his fears of failure. He keeps a journal recording his various experiences over the series. And the specific episode we looked at was from season one, episode five, second half of that, um, called Doug Didn't Do It. And the theme of this is that there's um, the vice principal bones, their grocer Yodelmeister trophy <laughs> is missing, and um, somebody puts it into Doug's locker to frame him, and Mr. Bone becomes convinced that he does it. So a classic, a classic kind of framing situation going on here with this this very important yodeling trophy. Yeah, from what I remember about Doug, there's a lot of kids against teachers and kids against adults um, in terms of kids getting unfairly blamed for things, so this episode deals with that a lot. Um, We gotta talk about the theme song. Can't talk about Doug without talking about its iconic theme song. I don't know, it sets sets the tone well somehow. I don't know how else to explain it. It's, It's kind of a simple show yeah i don't want to say that in a bad way but it's it's a simple show it's easy to watch easy to follow um, bones yeah and so this one starts the same way that most of them do i guess he's writing in his journal and you kind of like listen to him writing down his thoughts into it about how you know pranks and how being on the wrong side of a prank isn't very fun and then you start going into his actual situation with this Right. Yodeling trophy. <laughs> right, which is called Der Grosser Yodelmeister, which translates yes. to the best yodeler. So the, uh, yeah, this vice principal uh, has this trophy, and that whole concept is just so bizarre that he's this esteemed yodeler, and he's so upset that his trophy is missing. Yeah. He also mentions later that he has 305 yodeling trophies, so I don't know why this is, like, <laughs> apparently this is, like, the yodeling trophy or something so many competitions 
Because I feel like if I had 305 trophies and somebody stole one, I'd be like, eh. I would never notice. Yeah, exactly. But maybe <sighs> those other trophies weren't their grosser Yodelmeister. Yeah, that is true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I, I was also wondering, I, I don't know, are, are yodeling competitions a thing? I feel like they probably are. They must be. They Yodel must be. Probably. I don't know. There's competitions for a lot of things. It doesn't really matter. And then you see... You see Doug, he opens up his blocker, he sees the trophy there, and he starts to panic and whatever. He, he like, daydreams. He daydreams a lot, actually, yes. throughout the series. And he, he reaches his daydream of him being in a in a courtroom. And basically everybody's just, like, screaming about how guilty he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Roger is there. And Roger is com- just despicable. I think yeah. one of the least likable Nick characters ever. I would agree with that. He's he, infuriating. He I don't know. Some of the other bullies that we see throughout the show, they kind of have this soft side to them that they see. Right. That you see throughout the show. Roger's just... Nothing not redeemable. Much. Nothing <laughs> redeemable about him. His, his voice is also just like so typical bully. I right. Think. So I think this show is kind of like Scrubs for kids. Um, all the weird fantasies that get kind of carried out in Doug's head is very, very much like that show. And it makes the show interesting. Otherwise, I think it would just be a boring average kid, but it's his imagination that makes it exciting. Absolutely. I I would say the daydreams are really what makes it. Otherwise, it's it's pretty typical, but like not... He's not a very interesting character in himself, and I think that's kind of the point in some ways is that he's more relatable because he's just this simple kind of younger what, 11 and a half year old kid living his life, but yeah. the way that he reflects on it is definitely interesting, and I'm trying to think, there's the courtroom, and then there's also some interrogation where, I think, I think a couple of times, but I know in that one for sure, the, the classic permanent record. <laughs> it's in every show. And to my knowledge, there's no real such thing as a permanent record. Right. I think it's just a scare tactic. I try to think back. I'm like, does my elementary school still have a record on me? And like, even if they did, would like a future employee or employer yeah. ever be like, you know, let's call this elementary school. I really yeah. want to see what this kid was like when he was 10. Would it hold up in a court of law either? Yeah. <laughs> you can say, like most of the things that they're like, this will be on your permanent record. Like, I don't know. One time he got detention. Oh, no. It sounded so scary, too. When it would happen on TV shows, it sounded like the scariest thing in the world. I remember being, not, like, really scared, but, like, the idea of a permanent record sounded pretty pretty frightening when you would hear it on the shows, at least. Yeah. I remember thinking, like, oh, yikes, permanent? Mm -hmm. Permanent record? Like, forever? Pretty terrifying. I've got a throwback to last week's episode, Ashley. Um, there, Doug, how does the most honest kid award come up? Doug has it. He he has this discussion with his sister, which for one, she's just like this weird, kind of jazzy kind of character. Yeah, like French kind of, like, style-wise. Not a beret anyways. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, why don't you just tell the truth? And he's like, tell the truth. And then he imagines what it would be like if he just told the truth. (laughs) And he wins the Most Honest Kid Award, which I thought is on the same level as uh, Chloe's Nobel Prize for Niceness <laughs> that we talked about last week. 
I agree. I, I felt the same. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it is daydream. At least it doesn't actually exist in right. the world, but definitely I, I could <laughs> see them being the most honest kid and the, the person with the Nobel prize for niceness. Those, those seem like they'd be pretty, pretty similar levels, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <sighs> and what else have we got in this episode? Oh, the, assist, the assistant principal is just such an assistant principal. Everything yes. about him. So much to prove. Everything is so important to him. He's just out to get everyone. And he, you, you can feel his, like, power trip, despite the fact that he has no real power right. in this world. Right, I think this is kid's detention, but he seems to take everything very, very seriously. I, I also remember he has this line where he's, he's searching all the kids' lockers, He's like, Mr. Funny, I smell some funny business. <laughs> Which is just such an obvious joke, yep. but it still made me laugh. Yep. Oh, and then, and then, so what happens is that while he's searching the lockers, Doug freaks out and puts it behind his back, like underneath his shirt. And then him and Skeeter, his best friend, are like freaking out and like passing it back and forth. And, and then that's when he puts it behind his back. And right. I think he says something along the lines of, you guys are playing a game of monkey in the middle, and I don't like being the hairy ape. <laughs> which is Scott. I love that line. He says it so intently, too. He seems, yep. he seems pretty torn apart about this, this whole... wonder if there's a history yeah. of bullying there with him, and that makes him be like this. Yeah. So at the end, we luckily do things resolve pretty nicely as they do in these short episodes. But we do get to see the vice principal, Bone, yodel. And it's a treat. Look it up if yeah. you get the chance. It's pretty wonderful. Yeah. And in the end, Roger, Roger does that classic. I feel like this happens multiple times uh -huh. where... He doesn't realize he's on the PA speaker, and he literally explains exactly what he's done the Completely entire time. Completely outs like, himself. Yeah, I stole the trophy, and I put it in your locker, and no one's going to find out. Yeah. Like, Do the classic the, vi the villain over-explaining what they did and then getting <laughs> caught. Uh, but it's... I, I actually I enjoyed it. I think... I did, too. The, the tone of the show is definitely different, I think, than shows that are out nowadays. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting that this was, and we'll discuss it throughout the next three, that this is amongst the very first Nicktoons that happened. Yeah. Which, well, like I said, we'll see as we get into them more, but there's definitely just, the shows are crazy different. This one's pretty straightforward plot-wise, but it and just follows the life of this, this kid, and it, it has some of those classic kind of themes that you see in every teenage or younger kids kind of shows but i think i think specifically the daydreams is what really made it the best for me yeah i love the daydreams what struck me the most about it was the animation it's very simple it almost the whole thing feels kind of like a dream you can tell this was one of nick's first cartoons ever Definitely. But it doesn't reduce the enjoyment of it at all. I just think it's no. animated so differently today. Things are animated in a very over overstimulating kind of way. Yes. It's, it's much simpler. And it makes sense because this was 
obviously technologically a very different time and I think um, making the animation more basic is just how it had to be at the time but definitely I would, I would say it's definitely still stylistically the animation between the three shows is different and yes the music between the three shows is different we'll get into it we'll get into it all but definitely still I, I enjoyed it I would say it's it's a worthwhile watch. I'm sure many of you guys haven't seen Doug. Honestly, I I feel like I watched it on occasion, but yeah. I, I don't have a firm, strong memory of the show as much as others. So I would say if you're amongst amongst the people who haven't ever seen it, check out a few episodes. I think it's pretty enjoyable. Yeah, and I think we'll keep covering it too as we go on to make more episodes. Definitely. All right. Next up, we have Rugrats. So the next show we're talking about is Rugrats. The longest lasting of the show is probably the one that you're most likely to have seen. The show overall probably doesn't need much of an introduction, but in case you missed out on it, <laughs> it basically just follows the lives of these babies. There's a group of them, and you get to see the world through their eyes, and they have plenty of funny misconceptions, and you basically just follow them around, and they create chaos as their parents always seem to not be paying the best of attention. I think that's most of what the show is. Totally. This episode is called At the Movies. It's from season one, episode three, the first of that pair. Um, and a uh, brief synopsis, Tommy wants to see Reptar, but his parents take him and the other Rugrats to the West Side Octoplex to see a movie <laughs> called The Land Without Smiles, starring the Dummy Bears instead. The Rugrats leave the Dummy Bears to go look for Reptar, showing at the same theater, leaving a path of destruction behind them. And this is just a fantastic episode. It really is. I I forgot how great this show is, and so many so many things that I certainly didn't notice as a kid, but it just has such a great, great feeling to the show. I think it makes sense after watching the three of these, that this is the show that lasted the longest. Agreed. Yeah, I, I think it's the clear best of the three. And of course, you have the the beginning theme song, as we have to talk about in all of these. Oh, yeah. It's Which we use in our segues. And we start out uh, pretty soon in. Tommy is just sitting around, and he sees Reptar on television, and He's immediately fascinated with him. And then I remember there's this moment where Tommy's like looking at the TV and he says some, you know, just some like babbling because he's a baby. And then Stu, Stu like imitates him. He was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Goo goo gaga. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Stu's character, actually, really, all of the characters I think just have interesting, unique pieces about them. But the adults are so interesting. That. And the the grandpa, the Grandpa Lou, oh. that, that's his name, right? Yes, Grandpa Lou. He's, he's throwing mad he's, shade this whole episode. Constant yes. sass. <laughs> they go they go to this movie, the, the Land Without Smiles with the Gummy Bears, and it's, it's this classic, over-the-top kind of kids show where they're like, I don't remember what the problem is, but somehow it's going to be the land without smiles, and the rest of the parents are crazy into it. Yeah, they're so and, invested. And Grandpa just 
Lou's just he's just throwing mad shade. He hates it, yeah. Mad shade. I, I think I, I remember one he at some point says, you know, I'm gonna go get some some candy from the from the snack area, whatever, and he says, I'd rather rot my teeth than sit here and rot my brain. Yep. I love that. My Grandpa Lou was great, but my favorite character in the show and especially this episode is Chucky. He's so yeah. he's so endearing, so truthful, you know, the, everything that comes out of his mouth is straight from his brain. Ta- so Tommy decides cuz he's the leader of this gang, Tommy, Chucky, Phil and Lil. He decides, we're going to go find Reptar. I saw him on my TV. And Chucky goes, well, if you saw him on his, your TV, maybe he's still there. Implying that he, yeah. he couldn't be at the movie theater. He was, He's in oh. Tommy's TV. I, just, I love that honesty. Yes. I, I, I like that tone. Like, if it happens throughout the show, there's these classic little kid misconceptions. But they're, yeah. they're endearing and they're done well. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't feel forced. It's very believable. That's totally the type of thing that I would have thought as a kid that... Well, they're on my TV. How could they be somewhere else? They're on my TV. And all the kids buy it, too. They're like, oh, you're right, Chucky, but we got to look for them anyway. Yeah. I I also don't know why Tommy's just like, hey, there's Reptar, right? They're immediately all on board. They're like, yeah, we got to find him. We got to find him. He's got got natural leadership. I think we, like, find a poster or something with him on it, too. Yeah. But they, they end up causing all sorts of chaos. And, of course, the kids don't. Uh, not the kids. The adults don't realize that the kids are gone. Right. They're so invested in this. So invested in the dummy this bears. Phenomenal movie. And uh, they go into this, the, the like snack area. I think Tommy just like jumps straight into the popcorn. Yeah. Like, in the popcorn leader, he just jumps in. Not to eat it. Might be there. Yeah, to know? look for Reptar. He's going Reptar. <laughs> <laughs> and they just, they just destroy the whole place, more or less. Uh, they get soda all over the ground, I think. And while they're doing this, the uh, the employees at the movie theater are so distracted. They're like total burnout types. And this is my dude same of the week. This one guy, one of the employees goes to the other, beanie boards, because he loves beanie boards, which I guess are like skateboards. The other yeah. guy goes, beanies are bogus. And then the original employee goes, forget you, man. <laughs> It's just this, like, skateboarder dialogue that I love. Yeah. It's kind of reminiscent of uh, some Rocket Power kind of kids over there. It totally is. I can't wait to do more Rocket Power on this show. Because so much good stuff. And, of course, the employees reflect this same just unobservant behavior that happens, I think, throughout the entire show. Just nobody notices. No one's keeping track of the kids. They slip okay. out, they have their adventure, and then they get back, and the parents don't think like anything happened. It's like them, too, you know? It's not like it's one, one kid that they, just no one notices. They, they end up going into the, uh, uh, the film room, what do you call that? The projection Place room? Films and the... Projection whatever. room. Projection, thank you. And they end up ruining all of them. Yeah. Making all of the movies fall apart. Yeah, and then this this bougie couple storms out with the rest of the family when the kids finally come back, and they're just whining. The worst experience I've ever had. The popcorn tasted like soda pop. Very stereotypical, you know. Yeah. Like in the the classic stereotype. It's like the playing with a reef blower. (laughs) (laughs) And also, there's there's a moment 
as they're watching where there's there's little Shauna, some girl in the movie of the land without smiles and she's she's sitting there and she's like sitting there sick without smiles or whatever. The parents are all just like leaning in, yeah. getting so intense and then the movie cuts out and then I think I think Stu too, when they're leaving home, he's like, I just wanted to know what happened to little Shauna. Like Me too though. I mean, really, I've got to assume she pulled through, right? Maybe that's also a dude same this week. Come on, you're to make this dark. Yeah. (laughs) I guess we'll never know. So, I loved this episode. We didn't see Angelica in this one. Um, We did watch the next episode just for fun, and it's a big Angelica episode. But Yeah, I I think she's not really necessary at this point. This one's just about the babies. I think think it's a good, I guess not literal introduction but early in episodes yeah you just get that classic rugrats feel and i feel maybe it's because it's such a part of my childhood i don't know but i can't watch the show and be upset like it's, yeah it's warm and fuzzy you know it's warm and fuzzy and the the characters are all so likable and it's so funny it's funny it's and it just feels so honest like yes. these kids feel like real kids yeah they're they're believable yeah. i feel like a lot of times you watch kids' shows and it, it feels like it's made by adults, but this this just feels like, not like it's made by kids, but it's just, it has such a classic feeling and I actually, of what it's like. I actually like movie. that the animation yeah. looks pretty rough in these early episodes. It looks like very hand-drawn and like a little sloppy, and I feel like it really works. I feel like it's intentional that it's got right, this kind of kid-drawn feel to it, but you can still tell what all the characters are. Of the three of these shows, this is definitely the one you're most likely to have watched. But if you haven't watched an episode in Rugrats in a while, or somehow never have, I would definitely, definitely wander back into memory lane on this one. Yeah. It gave me all sorts of good feels. and It holds up. And you you catch more up. things. And it makes sense. This this was by far the longest lasting of the three, and it, it makes sense that it was. It's, it's got so much appeal, and there's so many more places that it can go. I yeah. think there's so much... So much material available yeah totally all right that's a wrap on rugrats i'm sure you'll be hearing a lot more about it in the coming weeks and next we're going to move on to the ren and stimpy show for our last show of this episode we're going to be talking about ren and stimpy Ren and Stimpy is a very complicated, strange show. Um, It's about a chihuahua named Ren and a cat named Stimpy. They have, I would say, a love-hate relationship with a major emphasis on the hate. Stimpy is a kind of lovable, dopey cat, and Ren is this very uptight, very violent and angry chihuahua. And it's kind of disturbing. It's definitely more adult than any of the shows we've looked at so far. And it developed a cult-like fan base when it first came out and is still pretty relevant today among people who watched it. Yeah, it's, it's something for sure. The episode we're going to be looking at today is called Ren's Invention. And what happens is that after Ren tries some of Stimpy's inventions that don't work so well, Stimpy invents a happy helmet that forces Ren to feel happy. And by the end, Ren ends up destroying the happy helmet and is really, really angry, but then he realizes that he actually loves being angry, so he's not so upset. It's, I think even just by that synopsis, you can tell it's 
it's a weird place for a kids show to go. I, I don't even know if I could call this a kids show, yeah. really. To be honest, it, it doesn't feel especially kid targeted, and I do know there was a spinoff. Yeah, didn't later. last long. I forget what network. I think it was Adult Swim. It. Yeah, where it, it was specifically adult geared, which makes so much sense. This the show just is adult geared. Yeah. I really enjoyed it, though. It's bizarre, but I appreciated the commitment. And, uh... Agreed. Yeah, the the music is jarring. It's all very happy and classical. Or not happy, but it's very uh, put-together and exquisite. And the things that are happening on screen are pretty messed up. Yes. I, I would say it, it pushed the boundaries in a lot of ways that I didn't realize, especially an early cartoon would. Yeah. You have Doug, which is just this kid living his life. You have Rugrats, which are just these babies living their life. And then you have this. Yeah. It's really interesting. These all aired on the exact same date. These were the first three Nicktoons. And it just is so, so distinct from the others. The other two are still different, but I, I would say you can put together some similarities. This one's this one's out there. Even today, I would say there's, there's nothing that you can truly compare to what this show is. Totally. Yeah, I I like Stimpy's passion. It gives the show an interesting edge. He's just so inspired and excited about the world, and it's a nice contrast to Ren's total cynicism and, like, weird faux-German accent, whatever that is trying to be. And I'd say Stimpy, he has this optimism, but just he's, he's very well-intended, and things still very much just don't don't work out. Yeah. The show the show felt like an old Warner Brothers cartoon to me, like a Tom and Jerry or a Bugs Bunny, but it's like messed up. It's like a dark twist with the violence yeah. and the music, but there's something off about it that's... There's, there's something that I think you just gotta watch it to really understand, but man, it's it's unsettling, but not, not necessarily in a bad way, but in a very... I don't even know. It has some of that it, courage, the cowardly dog unsettlingness to it. Yeah. I guess I would I would say in a similar way. Man, that show was also something, but it has this very, very dark tone. And, you know, yeah. so we start out with Stimpy. He's got all of his inventions, which, honestly, a lot of them are just ridiculous. Yeah. The one I remember, he, he says, uh, try out the... Cheese-a-phone. The cheese now we can talk to cheese all over the world, yeah. regardless of dialect. <laughs> Great. Yeah. They do still get some of that kind of childlike humor, you yeah. know, like, kind of the ridiculous humor, but then there's also this, these darker, darker things that come out as the episode progresses. Totally. Yeah, it's, it's the, the helmet just seems sort of like a metaphor for, like, maybe depression, mental health care in general, it just felt heavier to me than it, it is that it, Ren doesn't want to be happy with be artificially. Happy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of, I don't know, it, it's walking a, a risky line. <laughs> but it's, And it, it's really unsettling as you watch him in this forced happiness. And I, I think that's such an interesting tone to take in general, the idea of happiness not necessarily being something you can force. It's not something that you... It, it, it's a very interesting 
topic that you just don't bring up in cartoons. Right. The idea of artificial happiness. But you can see that Ren is constantly forced into this happiness and not literally unhappy because he's happy technically, but he doesn't feel good about it. He, it feels strained and, and he's, he's horrifying in general. Yeah. And he, he does a lot of weird things where he's like so happy ironing for Stimpy. He's like, Ugh. Oh, it, it, it's, it's something. It's a lot. And then there's, the ending is kind song, of sweet. The song at the end. Oh, yeah, the happy, happy, joy, joy one. Yes. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow, there, there's so many lines It's very in there. trippy. And it, it starts out kind of okay, but kind of weird. There's It's sang by a stinky whistle pink, I guess. Mm-hmm. And he says, this is a song about a whale. No, it's a song about happy, being happy. That's right. There's, there's just weird things that are being shouted throughout this entire song. There's, he says at some point, I'll teach your grandmother how to suck eggs. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very absurdist and, show. And I, I just remember he, he starts, even in the song, it starts reaching the same kind of darker feel as it yeah. goes on. Like it starts out with this happy, happy, joy, joy. And then at some point he starts shouting and he's like, I told you I'd shoot, but you didn't believe me. Yeah. Like, what even? Like just, just completely, and I would say, really, for Nickelodeon, really shocking. For like, any, I don't think for any cartoons, it's hugely. This is a hugely influ- influential show to the sort of darker, more adult-ish cartoons because they just didn't exist before this this time period. Simpsons sort of, but it didn't really go there until Ren and Stimpy, and then you know things like Family Guy and American Dad, and now like BoJack Horseman and shows like that. This is definitely the first major view of that. And I think before this, too, you have this, this view that cartoons are for kids and cartoons right. are light and cartoons are simple. And not that that's bad, necessarily, but you watch Rugrats and you're like, oh, this is fun. This is happy. I like uh-huh. watching this. It's got that good kind of kind of nostalgia to it. You watch Doug and, you you know, you still you watch his... his daydreams and it's entertaining and it's fun and it's light and then you have this and it's it's not anything that a cartoon normally was supposed to be yeah. this is i wonder if, those shows you mentioned i wonder if we would have like a rick and morty as it is without this show mm-hmm. and it definitely is influential you, you can see you can see the way that the shows influence things and lots of people attribute lots of kind of shows being made on this, but really, I, I just think it's fascinating that Nickelodeon decided to air this, really. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that it ran a significant amount of time. Yeah, and I think that there were some issues between the original creators and the, the show that yeah. ended up making it switch off and then eventually end up as the adult show that it was, but really just phenomenally interesting. Uh, yeah. Again, I know I keep saying this, but I would say just, you know, watch, watch at least one episode of all three of the shows we've talked about. Yes. I think you'll probably see the same things that we're talking about in this, this crazy tone shift that you get when you get to run into the crazy, crazy show. And I don't know, getting, getting back to the plot, eventually Ren, like, forces his helmet off. I, I don't remember exactly how, but 
in a violent manner. Yeah, I think he and, shatters it or breaks it. Yeah, like, he, he wants to be out of this crazy, creepy happiness that he's forced into. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's it's got this sort of weird message of sort of a being happy all the time isn't necessarily what you need to do. Yeah, I, I kind of like it, and it, they, they builds on their relationship to something semi-positive after a whole lot of fighting and violence. Yeah. But I, I think it's it's just it's an interesting message, and I, I think it's valid. The, you shouldn't force yourself into being happy all the time, and sometimes yeah. it's okay to get that kind of a thing. But or to realize you're different, too, yeah. It's a darker twist, and I enjoyed it. But at the same time, it's kind of disturbed. Absolutely. All right, I think that's a wrap on our segments for the day. Check out all these shows, and I'm sure they'll come up again as we continue to produce more episodes. Coming up next, we've got a fun fact for you, some Twitter stuff, and a preview of next week. Our fun fact of the week is Rugrats-themed. Phil, Lil, and their mom are all voiced by the same voice actress, Kath Susie, who also voices Miriam in Hey Arnold. Yeah, I found that really interesting. And you see this a lot with voice acting where you look at the array of things that people have done and it's fascinating. But I, I just thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, and I never would have been able to tell. They're very good at disguising their voices obviously because that's the job but i i'm very bad at picking up voice actors who are really good at their job because it's hard to tell yeah and i, I would say in this case i i never would have guessed phil will the mom's got a totally distinct voice yeah and miriam's got this kind of lazy kind of voice very distinct yeah so props to her really totally love it and so for this week for our twitter poll we are going to be asking you guys which show you would like for us to look at for episode six. So we're, we wanted some time to make sure that we have time to look through the episodes and everything, but not next week, but the week after. And the show options are As Told by Ginger, Wild Thornberries, Cat Dog, or Jimmy Neutron. So make sure you check out at FNN underscore podcast to see that Twitter poll. Let us know what show do you want us to talk about? And thanks to everyone who voted on our last Twitter poll. We'll be dropping one every week from now on. We also got a tweet submitted this week that I wanted to read on the air because it was an interesting question. This is from Cam at CamLDude67, and he asks, At FNN Podcast, I know you talked a lot about the introductions of Poof and Chloe in last week's episode, but how about the introduction of Sparky? Yes, and this, this was something we noticed um, yes. when I was looking through trying to decide which episodes do we want to look at, and it was another introduction that I thought was interesting, but with the three-episode limitation, I definitely think Sparky's got to have some looks into him. To be honest, I haven't watched any of the Sparky episodes, but I think it's fascinating, and I'm sure, sure we'll get to him, and talk plenty about him. Yeah, if we had to have picked, like, four turning points for Fairly Odd Parents, that certainly would have been the fourth. Uh, so just wanted to give Cam a shout-out there. Thanks for following, and thanks for your active participation in the show. Yeah, and 
as always, make sure you tweet at us any of your thoughts, any of your questions, and maybe we'll talk about them on air. And then for next week, we're going to be talking about the show Hey Arnold, specifically focusing on Gerald's Legends, which if you watched Hey Arnold at all, probably makes sense to you, but there's a lot of these interesting urban legends that happen throughout the show, of which Gerald is the, the keeper of the tale, as they say. So we're going to be talking about few of the episodes that happened there. Yep, so that'll be great. Looking forward to getting into Hey Arnold for the first time on this show. Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorites. Thanks so much again for listening. Give us a subscribe and a review on iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. I'm Casey. And I'm Ashley. We'll see you next time.